Well, hello. Welcome, New Hope. Thank you for joining us for our online gathering. My name is Hannah, and I'm one of the pastors here. Many of you know that I grew up in the Happy Valley, Clackamas area, went to Clackamas High School, graduated from there. But what you may not know is that I'm also a graduate of the Clackamas Safety Town. That's right, Safety Town. So Safety Town was a summer program for kids. Parents would drop off their kids in the morning, pick them up in the afternoon for about a week, and kids would learn all about civic safety stuff, like how to call 911 and, and bike helmets and, and traffic laws and how to you know stop, drop, and roll, all that important stuff of how to be a safe citizen and create a safe community. And like every good summer camp, they had a song for just about everything. So one of the most memorable songs goes a little something like this. Stop, look, and listen before you cross the street. Use your eyes, use your ears, and then you use your feet. You can ask the kids that I babysat that every street corner we got to, we would do the stop, look, and listen song. I'm sure it annoyed them, but they probably are very good pedestrians these days. It's really awesome opportunity for kids just to have that, that experience, to, to learn about, about how to contribute safely to community and how to be a safe member in society. If you haven't noticed that our world is pretty chaotic these days, and for many of us, we might even say that it feels a bit unsafe. Now, I'm not just talking about physical safety. Obviously, that is an issue with the virus and everything. But I'm also talking about this relational safety. I don't know about you, but, but we can just feel those tensions in our relationships these days. The gap kind of between our, our political divide just keeps growing wider. We kind of have fear, apprehension about what to say and, and what not to say. There's a lot of anger and hurt people feeling misheard or unheard or misunderstood, Facebook, social media, all that stuff, we just are struggling in our communication with one another. It can feel like, like a, a street with just oncoming traffic from either side and like you're a little kid just trying to figure out how to cross that street safely. We don't have a song for how to navigate these relational tensions right now. We're in this series a, of a, we're in the middle of a series called The Way Forward, about how to follow Jesus in a chaotic world. We're exploring these vital spiritual practices that can help us survive and, and hopefully thrive during these times. We've explored practices like taking a break, like pursuing gentleness and seeking beauty, about how to be angry well. And today, I'm going to introduce us to this practice of listening. Just like in our little Safety Town song, when we stop, look, and listen with our eyes, with our ears, and I would add most importantly, with our hearts, we can build or rebuild safety into our relationships and move forward as a faithful witness in this chaotic world world. We've got to learn how to listen. So turn with me in your Bibles to James chapter 1. The book of James is in the New Testament, so just kind of 
move a little bit farther in your Bibles, and it's, it's actually toward the very end. We're going to be in the passage um, from chapter 1, verses 19 through 25. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but who does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in all they do. A little context for us. It's likely that the author of this book is James, the brother of Jesus, or perhaps one of James's followers. James was Jewish, and he was writing to the Jewish community of Christ followers that were scattered all across the ancient Near East. James is a pretty passionate and direct writer. He writes with a lot of conviction. James sees the role of the church in this critical place in history, that it's this new community of Jesus followers that are meant to to bear witness to the kingdom of of God, to God's reality on earth as it is in heaven. The church is meant to not just think differently or believe differently, but James so focuses on the church is meant to live differently, to be this faithful witness in the world. Just before the passage that we read, James reminds his readers, we're the first fruits of this new creation. We need to be leading the way, the church giving vision for this kingdom of love and justice that God is establishing on earth. A lot's at stake here for James. So let's look back at the text and we'll kind of walk through it a little bit together. We're going to start in verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. All right, well, that about sums it up, right? Let's just do that. Talk less, listen more. We got it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We'll see you next week. We'll be just joking. (laughs) If only this were easier said than done, right? How come it's so hard to just listen? Wouldn't the world be a better place, a more kind, a more gentle a safer place if we could just practice this, being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. How come it's so hard? So notice in the next verse, James introduces the word evil. If this was just a matter of decision or even just a matter of will, honestly, I think that we would have this whole listening thing figured out by now. But there's a lot of forces going on. 
there's this powerful force that just has wound itself so tightly around our hearts, around our minds, around our impulses. Though often we can't help to help ourselves. The scripture describes this battle between flesh, which is which is our ego self that is formed in a, in a hurting and a painful and a fearful world, and our true self, our God-given self that is being reformed in the grace and the love of God. We are hell-bent on ego preservation and self-protection. We need to treat this more of an issue that's like closer to a disease or an addiction than just a matter of will or of trying harder, of choosing differently. In stress, we'll always default to the most well-worn path, to the thing that we're most used to going down. So if we don't learn and diligently practice this new way, we'll almost always default to being slow to listen, quick to speak, and quick to become angry. We must learn how to listen. Now, not all anger is bad. Pastor John talked about that last week, made this distinction between good anger and bad anger. James makes that distinction as well. Bad anger is hot-tempered, quick to react. It's ego-driven. It's defensive and reactive. It brings out the worst in us rather than fighting for the best in us, which, which is what good anger, godly anger, is meant to do. In Exodus, God describes himself as being slow to become angry, but the actual translation there is actually long of nostrils. God can take a deep breath when God's upset or frustrated. And as followers of Jesus, we are called to be slow to anger, to be long of nostrils as well, to be able to take a deep breath when we're kind of triggered or upset or being kind of bristled. When we're feeling that, that defensive or reactive spirit, to be able to take a deep breath and resume in a Christ-like posture of listening. All right, let's jump forward to verse 21. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. In Sunday school growing up, we were taught this this little Bible study tool where we asked, What's the therefore, therefore? So there you go. That one's, that one's on me. What's the therefore, therefore, James? In the verse right before, James is saying that our human anger, our defensiveness, our reactivity, our ego-driven arguments, they're a dead end. Therefore, because we know that, we know it's a dead end, we can just stop the car. Don't keep driving. Jesus talks about this on the Sermon of the Mount, right? If there's something that's causing you to sin, stop that thing. Cast it out. Get rid of it. If Facebook is bringing out the worst in you, stop getting on Facebook. If doing a deep dive into YouTube news videos is like just revving up this unproductive anger in you, stop clicking on clickbait news. 
Or maybe there's a relative that time and time again is just unable to have a meaningful conversation with you about something that you disagree on. You can stop trying to have that meaningful conversation with them. If it's a dead end, you actually have permission to stop the car, turn it around, and to get back on the road that leads to life. James talks about this so powerfully. Defensiveness won't save you. Winning the argument won't save you. Fighting for our ego will only lead to death. In the original language, the words translated humbly accept, when it's talking about humbly accepting the word planted in you, it it means to welcome or to surrender to. Only as we actively and regularly surrender to the truth of who we are, our identity in Christ as individuals and as a community, only then will we know God's true salvation. Only then can we learn to listen. Maybe it's just me, but isn't it true that listening and my ability to listen just stops as soon as my ego kicks in? As soon as someone says something I disagree with, as soon as I feel that responsibility to set someone straight, as soon as I feel threatened or afraid, I think that my ability to truly listen is directly related to my surrendering to my true self in Christ. I have this little mantra that I repeat to myself more often than I'd like to admit that, keeps, that just reminds me of who I am in Christ. I am good I am beautiful, I am loved, I am worthy, I am enough. I am good, I am beautiful, I am loved, I am worthy, I am enough. Remembering and repeating these truths just helps me soften into and surrender into who I truly am. The best listening can happen when I am receiving the hospitality of Christ because then I'm able to extend that same hospitality to those around me. The person in front of me or the person that I'm having an issue with, they have a new identity too. They are my sister. They are my brother. They are beloved of God. And when I'm surrendered to that God reality, when I humbly accept that word planted in me, as James puts it, now there's some room, right? There's some room in my heart, in my mind, to receive that person and their story and their perspective with more of a listening heart. Listening is such a vital practice for followers of Jesus. In order to listen, we have to surrender to the truth of who we are in him. And in order to listen, we have to surrender to the truth of the beloved in front of us. Talk about a way forward in a chaotic world, right? We've got to learn or relearn how to listen. So not all listening is created equal. I'm sure that you know this. James goes on to say that there's bad listening and there's good listening. There's listening that's lifeless and there's listening that leads to life. I would argue that most of the listening we do these days is the lifeless kind. We kind of listen on the surface, or we listen to win an argument, or we listen to what relates to us, 
We consume information rather than listening for the heart and listening as an act of love. The good and bad news about listening is that it's a skill. It's not something that just happens overnight, doesn't come naturally. In fact, as we looked at earlier, right, there's, there's actually forces working against our ability to have this posture of Christ-like listening. We have to be super intentional here. A few verses later in the passage, James talks about how central it is to train our tongue in order to be a faithful witness of God's kingdom in the world. So a little bit, a little story about training. Last month, my sister and her family, they fostered a dog. And some of you know, I started dog fostering this summer. And so because I have fostered one whole dog for 10 whole days, I am pretty much an expert in dog training now. Didn't you know? So my sister was getting set up to to have the dog come. The dog's name was Fuggle. How precious and unfortunate, right? (laughs) Little scraggly guy. So they were getting ready to receive Fuggle. And she asked if I would come over and just kind of help him get set up. I was super glad to. My nephew was so excited to, to have a dog. He's been wanting a dog forever. And so this was my sister's kind of, okay, we'll try this out with the foster, see how it goes. And so Jakey, my nephew, was just stoked. I was working with Jakey on, on how to, to do some positive reinforcement training with Fuggle because as sweet as he was, he was not like did not have any house manners. He would jump up on the table and jump up on the chairs and he didn't quite know how to go potty outside and all that stuff. So we were working on, okay, how to really celebrate Fuggle if he does something that we want him to do and how to redirect Fuggle if he does something that we don't want him to do. Like I said, I'm a pro now. I've watched like a whole episode of Dog Whisperer. So we were locked in. After that day, my sister just came to me and said, oh, I'm so glad that you were here to, to model to Jake what that looks like. It's so important as you're learning something new to be able to envision it and to see it happening, someone modeling it in front of you. All you educators are out there like, yeah, modeling is so critical to the learning process, right? In this process of learning or relearning how to listen, who's modeling that skill to us? Where are we seeing good listening. We're definitely not seeing it on social media. We're not seeing it in the news. We're not seeing it from our politicians. Maybe in our families. Are we seeing it in our churches? Are we known for our listening? James, again, was so passionate about the church bearing witness to this kingdom of God, this kingdom of love and justice, and that the church would lead the way in that. It all begins with being quick to listen. The way forward in these chaotic times is learning to listen. What does listening, the kind of listening that leads to life, what does that look like? I'm so glad you asked. In the spirit of modeling, I'm actually going to invite my friend Josh, and we are going to do a little bit of back and forth and and give you an example to model some actual listening skills that you can implement in your life. Thank you for joining us today on Listening 101 with myself, Hannah Suter, and our guest today is Mr. Joshua Sharp, our production guy here at New Hope. 
he's helping me out today to model some listening. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, thanks for having me here. It's uh, it's it's different being here and not on the other side of the camera, so to speak. Totally, totally. Everything. So yeah, it's doing fun. great. Doing great. <laughs> awesome. So we are going to practice some listening skills and model them in front of you to just kind of do a little training session here. All right, Josh. When your boys were or are learning to ride a bike, how did you and Christine navigate that? Did you just throw them on the bike and say, good luck, buddy? Or did they, I mean, use like training wheels, all that stuff? Yeah, for sure with the training wheels. We, we had a few other instruments, but the training wheels were key. Um, so far, that's been great for two of them. Uh, one of them is still on them right now and, and learning. But yeah, it's it's proved to work in other words <laughs> shocking <laughs> yeah <laughs> great training wheels a big part of the process in learning how to ride a bike the same is true for listening skills as we learn to get better at listening having some skills some training wheels is super helpful so yeah. we recognize this is going to probably feel a little awkward a little clunky it's going to feel a bit mechanical and structured maybe like training wheels do but it's ultimately helpful to us just to have a, a few key tools and skills as we're developing Christ-like listening in our lives. So the first skill that we're going to do is called active listening. You may be familiar with that. It's kind of a, a popular phrase and skill these days. But we're just going to show you a couple of phrases that are involved with active listening that we encourage you to try and give a go as well as as you kind of get comfortable with it, you'll be able to take off and kind of use your own version of it. All right, I'm going to chat with you a little bit and Josh is going to bounce back with me with some active listening. Okay. Josh, the last couple of months, I have been a little bit upset and a little bit um, grieved maybe with the way that just relationships seem to be really um, tense and kind of threatened, the trust seems to be eroding in sort of the fabric of our community these days. And I care a ton about relationships. I'm super wired that way. I care about relationships of safety and trust and respect. And so to just hear uh, or to, to witness kind of that, that breakdown in communication between people um, during, during the last several months has been pretty painful. So I'm grateful for the opportunity today to get to talk about listening because I think it's so key in starting to repair those relationships and to move forward um, in, in healthier relationships. That's great. So so what I'm, I'm hearing you say here, Anna, is that over the past couple months, probably a little bit longer, I think, in the grand scheme, uh, it's been hard to watch uh, relationships devolve uh, to kind of what they are. You used a great word, uh, threatened, um, in that sense. I thought that was great. Um, but at the same time, uh, another thing you expressed was being excited about the fact that you get to be here now and interacting uh, to help repair some of that and help be a part of helping relationships. So, yeah. 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 That's great. That's exactly what I was, that was kind of my heart in it. Yeah. Is there anything else to that? Yeah. You know, I'm just hopeful that we can move through this. I'm, I'm excited about this series that is giving us some tools to be able to, to do that, to be faithful in our relationship with God, with ourselves and with others. 
Well, thanks for sharing those tools and thanks for sharing this with me. Totally. Thank you. All right. A little cheesy, but did you catch those tools in there, right? Josh asked, or Josh repeated back to me, what I'm hearing you say is, so that's, that's phrase number one, what I'm hearing you say. The next one was, is there anything else? Helping kind of get to that next level. And then third, he acknowledged that I shared with him. Thanks for sharing. I'm hearing you say, what I'm hearing you say is, is there anything else? And thanks for sharing. Awesome. That's a little, little snapshot of active listening for you. The second skill that I want to do today is kind of a fun one. It's called distraction recovery, which is not actually a legitimate name. I just made it up for the sake of this message. But done that enough. <laughs> it's, yeah, it has a legitimate need here. We all get distracted when people are talking to us. Tune out. It happens. But what's our go-to skill? Usually pretending or trying to like get the context later. This skill helps us just kind of confess and re-engage in the conversation because we do care about what the other person is saying. Or if we don't, this is a good practice to remind us to care about what the other person (laughs) is saying. So distraction recovery. Josh, will you share a little bit with me? Yeah, yeah. So this last week, um, I I was having some car problems with my truck and uh, it was riding really, really bad. And I kind of knew what was coming uh, deep down. I kind of knew this this was probably the end and uh, things have been coming up. And so uh, finally, we kind of had to make the decision to, to let it go. Um, and I'm still grieving the loss of my truck. This is like my favorite truck. I've showed it to you mm-hmm. before. It's a great truck. <laughs> I miss it now, mm-hmm. but it's gone. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Okay, Josh, I'm super sorry. I got distracted when you said car trouble. It reminded me of a text and and I just, I care about what you have to say. Would you mind repeating that? Yeah, sure. Now Josh was super generous. He probably wouldn't be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I might make but, fun of you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but we all do it, right? Distraction recovery. Let's just confess, acknowledge it, and re-engage in the conversation so we can move forward. All right, those are our two skills today that we wanted to model for you. Active listening. And our phrases were, what I'm hearing you say is, is there anything else? And thanks for sharing with me. And then our distraction recovery, which was, I'm so sorry. I got distracted. I care about what you have to say. Would you mind repeating that? All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to Listening 101 with yours truly and Mr. Joshua Sharp. Thanks. (laughs) We live in a world that's aching to be heard. Everybody, right? It's loud with people just wanting to be heard. But who is there to listen? Who's listening? What if the church led the way in listening? What if Christ-like listening is actually at the core in these days of our kingdom witness? Jesus said that people will recognize his disciples by their love. Love begins with listening. We've got to learn how to listen. I want to clarify that I'm not just telling you to be a better listener. I am so right in this with you. I can think of dozens of examples from this week or even just hourly times where I get distracted, where I kind of tune out when someone else is talking 
when I check my emails, when I'm supposed to be engaged on a video call for work. Sorry, team. Or maybe if I, I misinterpreted someone because I was kind of listening through my framework and my perspective instead of really seeking to, under, uh, seeking to understand the other person, I'm so right in this listening journey with you. We all have to learn how to listen. For each sermon in this series, we've been seeking to identify kind of a core spiritual practice that you can carry forward with you and just give a try. Now, at the end of this series, we're really hoping that there might be one or two things that, that you pick up and kind of put in your tool belt that you want to carry forward with you as we seek to follow Jesus in this chaotic world. So our practice for this week, you ready for it? We're going to practice low stakes listening. Practice low stakes listening. I'm pretty convinced that we rarely get better at things by just being thrown into the deep end, right? If we were going to try and be a better listener in like the heat of an argument where a lot's at stake and we're fired up and feel passionate, I don't know if we're going to have a lot of success at that. Remember, in stress, we go toward our most well-worn paths. So we've got to, in some less high-stakes environments, we got to work on developing some new paths. I prefer to practice good listening when the stakes are just a little bit lower and I'm not already fired up. So here's my, here's my low stakes listening practice that I'm committing to this week. You can hold me accountable. When I'm on a video call this week, I'm going to just be on that video call. This is harder for me than I'd like to admit because my ego self likes to be ultra productive and if I can kind of check some things off the list while half listening to a meeting, I'm so tempted to do that. But if I get distracted, I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to practice the distraction recovery skill that Josh and I worked on. And I'm going to confess, okay, got distracted, and then recover and move back into the conversation. All right? So that's my commitment to you, being present in my video calls and if I'm not, to confess and to, to get back in the conversation, okay? So how about you? What will be your low stakes listening practice this week? I want you to write it in the comments, get creative. I love getting to read and see what you guys come up with. But here's a few, a few ideas. So maybe you'll initiate a conversation with a friend or just someone in your, in your world that, that's really just geared toward listening to them and hearing their story, asking about kind of, hey, what's going on in your mind these days? Maybe at dinner one night this week, you and your spouse or a friend, you practice those active listening skills that Josh and I modeled. You ask about each other's day and then you repeat back what you heard. Or maybe you'll practice listening to yourself. Maybe you'll make some space for, for your own vision and heart this week by, by processing through journaling or through prayer or maybe a conversation with a friend. Or maybe when you read a text or a post on Facebook or something from, from someone that you care about, you won't just kind of consume that information and move on, but you'll, you'll let it kind of, kind of absorb it. You'll, you'll linger with it a little while, and maybe you'll even pray for that person. I want you to pay attention to how this low-stakes listening practice, how it impacts you this week. What comes up for you? Does your ego kind of start to clamor? Do you find yourself being able to surrender to your true, your true self, your identity in Christ? 
does, does it lead to life? You're probably not going to become the perfect Christ-like listener in a week. Sorry to say. But we can keep showing up, and by God's grace, we can learn how to listen. Earlier, I said that we had so few models for good listening. I wasn't being totally accurate in saying that I didn't think we had any. We do have the best model in God. God is a good listener. Do you know that? Do you believe that? God's listening is celebrated all throughout scripture. Here's just a couple of examples. When the people of Israel were enslaved in Egypt, God said to Moses, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. And the psalmist writes, You, Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them, and you listen to their cry. Time and time again, we read about God hearing the cries of God's people and about God being moved with compassion and love for God's people. God's listening isn't the kind of listening that we read about in James that just kind of quickly hears and then moves on to something else as if what was said doesn't even matter. God's listening leads to life. And ultimately, God's listening led to Jesus. God listened. And in response to that listening, God came, put on flesh, and dwelt among us in the person of Jesus. God's listening looks like incarnational love. God's listening looked like a sacrificial, self-giving death. God listens. And even now, the scriptures invite us to, to cry out to God, to cast our cares on God. Why? Because God cares for us. God cares for you. Because God listens. Often, you'll hear other Christians, other followers of Jesus, talk about being the hands and feet of Jesus. What would it look like to also be the ears of Jesus? What would it look like to, to listen to those around us the way that Christ listens to us? Friends, we are so loved and listened to. May we bear witness to that kind of love and listening in our world.